Well, today we're going to dive in because what we're talking about is refocusing. Coming into this new season of life, this new year, we're trying to get that image of what God says about us as followers of Christ that impacts not only our worship, but it impacts how we live every single day of our lives. Our theme verse for this series, and this is our third week into it. You can go back to our podcast to, to catch up. But in 1 John 3, 1, you don't need to turn there. It's on the screen. It says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. I love the emphatic end of that scripture. It's not, that's what we feel like sometimes, or, or that may be what we kind of consider ourselves. He says, that is what we are. Can I tell you, church, we have to have a foundation of understanding of who we are if we're ever going to be that child of God that is reflecting Christ wherever you go. You have to have that foundation of who you are because sometimes life just has a way of driving you. And if you don't have that foundation of understanding of your identity, you just kind of get driven along by the waves of life instead of walking in the Spirit of the Lord and leading a life that honors the King of kings and Lord of lords. So why don't you pray with me this morning, and let's jump on in. Father, God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for that word, God. That, Lord, I'm a child of God. God, that I, I find my identity in you. That, Lord, I don't have to doubt my security, God, my love, anything about me, God, because, Lord, you have lavished your love upon me, God. And you've lavished your love upon those who follow you, God. And, Lord, I thank you that, Lord, you sent your son to this world because you lavished your love on this world, God, that you gave your only son for it. So, Lord, I pray today you would open our hearts, our minds, our ears, God. Let us hear what you want to say to us by your Holy Spirit. And, God, let us grow in our understanding, God, Lord, that we are more than conquers through Christ Jesus. I love you. I praise you. I give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. One of, the, one of the facts that we've been really building off of is that our identity determines our destiny. If, if you were to write your biography in life, if you were to sit back and explain kind of who you are and what you're doing, you'll find that it flows out of your identity. It's what you see yourself as, who you are, who you are in that image of God. And we, we want to focus today on this key piece of our identity. We talked about how that God said we are, we are called to be saints. And I know that's kind of weird to think of yourself as a saint because depending on your background, you think a saint is only one whose face is in stained glass somewhere, right? But, but the Word says that, that one of the common terms used for Christians by, by the early church was saints. And all it meant was one that was set apart, one that was holy to God, one that had a purpose that God put into us that, that causes us to live a certain way. The second week, we talk about how we are God's masterpiece, that God created us. He knit us together in our mother's womb. There was purpose and meaning in every single one of us, and, and we are privileged to live that out every day. And we're, we're not just this messed up work in progress that nobody really has a clue where it's going to end. God knows what he is doing in each of our lives. And so today, I want to take us a little bit further. We're going to talk about how to be overcomers in life. Let me just ask you honestly this morning, be, be very open with this. Have you ever felt like life is just happening to you? Can I, can I see a hand if anybody agrees with that? It's just kind of like, wow, <laughs> Where, where's the break coming, right? You know, what's, what, it's just kind of overwhelming. Maybe it's an obstacle or, or maybe an opponent or maybe it's something that, that you just can't seem to overcome. Maybe it's something that every day it just seems like it's right there in front of you and you just wonder, is it ever going to break out? It could be a schedule, right? It could be just your job and you don't have the shift you want or the hours you want and you're just, you just feel like you're being driven. You never can catch up with life and, and it just seems overwhelming. It, it could be a physical thing, right? It, it could be there's a challenge you face. 
Maybe you're like a lot of us at this time of year, like I just can't, I just can't lose that 10 pounds. If it, whatever, it's just overwhelming. You feel like there's a health issue that you want to overcome. I know some that really that, that issue is they battle depression sometimes, and it seems like they can just always be closed in in that, that deepness of darkness, and they, they wonder, God, when do I get a break? When do, I, when do I step out of that? You see, life sometimes can come at us in a way where it just seems like life is coming to, to overwhelm. It, it could be in an area where maybe there's hurt in a relationship, and maybe someone has offended or hurt your life, and, and you know you're supposed to forgive them, Right? But deep down inside, you really don't feel like it. <laughs> and, you, and you just wonder, God, can I ever really release that? Whatever it is you're facing, whatever it is maybe that seems like it's coming toward you, there's some good news I want you to see in Scripture today. And it's good news not about something you will become, but it's good news about if you have put your faith in Christ, the Word says you're already there. And that is that we are in Christ more than overcomers, more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Check this out in Romans 8, verse 31. Paul asks this question. He says, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, tell me what it says here. Read it out. What is it? If God is for us, let's act like that's actually some good news. All right. Let's, let's, come on, put your preacher voice on. If God is for us, who can be against us, right? That's, that's a great statement. Man, what a powerful scripture right there. I mean, you got to love it. God says, I'm on your side. I got your back. I, I'm with you no matter what. So what's going to stop you, he says. I'm with you, so what can be against you? And he goes on in verse 32, he says, Listen, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will you not also along with him graciously give us all things? We talked about that last week, how God has given us everything. According to 1 Peter, for godliness, to live a life. He says, I've given you all things. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. I'm telling you, that is one of the images I, I try to keep in my mind as a follower of Christ. That whenever life seems to be hitting and buffeting and coming against me, I have, I have a king of kings that's sitting on the throne that's interceding, making prayers known for my life. He knows my name. He knows my situation. He knows my, my concerns. And he is interceding for me. He's right there on the throne. And then Paul asked this question in verse 35. And this is where we're going to spend our time. He says, then who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? You see, he lists these seven things that he says are common. There are seven things that every one of us face because we are human. If you didn't know that this morning, you're human, right? Not a one of us are, are, are superhuman. We are human, and we face things in this world as a result of the sin that so greatly affects our world. And he, and he goes on to kind of delineate these seven. He says, who shall separate from the love of Christ? Will, will trouble or hardship separate us from Christ? I, I guarantee you that for many right now, you, you could probably name the trouble and hardship more commonly than anything else in your life. There's so many things that we, we just walk in. I mean, I, I have friends that they, they suffer from migraines, and I, you know, I, I never make light of a headache. If you're ever around them, you're like, man, how do, you, how do you live in that overcoming way in that time? I know others, their marriage is challenging. There's, there's a little hardship they face, and, or maybe a child that's testing your patience. Anyone got a witness on that? You know, yeah. What are we saying here? It's on, their, on your last nerve? Isn't that the Southern saying? They're on my last nerve. I don't know what that means, but it means I'm not happy, all right? Shall those things separate us from the love of Christ? No. He says, what about persecution? 
So we, we don't know much about persecution being a believer in, in, in the United States, do we? We really don't, but yet there are things that we do come against that, that we have to recognize. Maybe that you may be a young single adult that's in your college or early career, and, and you believe in sexual purity, and everybody thinks you're just an idiot. <laughs> How in the world could you think that that's something that God wants in your life to be saved for marriage, and you face persecution? You could be a business person. Maybe there's a deal you just know is shady. You, you know that you'd have to bend your ethics in order to close that deal, and you're the only one in the office going, no, uh-uh, we're not doing this. You're facing persecution. Or maybe some, when you accepted Christ as your Savior, your own family said, we don't want anything to do with you. My first church, I was a pastor. I've had two young ladies from the Philippines. And they, they converted to Christianity. And I, I said, what do your family think about that? They said, oh, they haven't spoken to us in 20 years. They were totally cast out. They were, they were cut ties. Why? Because they put their faith in Jesus Christ. He says, but even if you're in a place where you face persecution, he says, shall that separate us from the love of God? And the answer again is No. He goes on then, well, what about famine? Or what about nakedness? Now, now, chances are, most of us today are not hungry. Can we get a shake? Yeah? And I'm looking around, and thank God nobody's naked. Hallelujah, all right? But, you know, we can, we can look at it a different way, and you may be saying, I'm not, I'm not in famine or nakedness, but I'm facing some financial pressures, man. They're just hard. There, there's not enough dollar for the month, right? It, it seems like we run out before we get to the end. How am I going to ever overcome this? But I'm going to give you some, some key key knowledge this morning that God's going to help you overcome. He says, how famine or nakedness uh, separate us? No. He says, how about then danger or sword? You know, we don't think about that much here. For most of us, we really don't face danger unless you think driving down 85 at 8 in the morning would be that, and that may be true, but really, unless you're in the armed forces, police force, you really don't face danger every day, but, but I can tell you there are times when life doesn't look as good as we thought to, to think it would look. Maybe the doctor's given a report that's not what you wanted to hear. He says, look, there's all these things we can face that would try to separate us from who God is in our lives and our identity in him, but we have to understand verse 37. He says this. He goes, will any of these things separate us from the love of Christ? And his answer is no, not. It's an emphatic, not happening, no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Who, who, who do you think you are this morning? Who, who are you today? Do you see yourself as an overcomer? Or do you see yourself as a person who's just driven by life and you hope to get by? Now, I want to I just say right now in this teaching this morning, it would be so easy for me to just turn this into a rah-rah pep talk, all right? And that is not what we're doing today. Because what I'm sharing with you is not just emotional food to go, oh, that's awesome. I want to share with you truth today. That if you get it deep down in your spirit, it changes your outlook. It changes how you, how you approach life. It changes how you deal with these problems that may come into your life. The word says we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Now, that word is interesting to me, and we're going to kind of take a little moment to do a small Greek lesson, all right? And I, I'm not a Greek expert, but I've studied enough of it to know it matters. Because if you look at that word overcomer or conquer in the Scripture, in, in the original language that the New Testament was written in, it was, it was common Greek. It was the, it was the street language of that, of, that, of that society. And that word conquer or winner or victor Typically, is this word, uh, we would call it nikao. It's N-I-K-A-O. And, and what it means literally is that a person is a winner. They're a, a victor. It means to win something, be victorious. But, but the word used right here for conqueror in this scripture is a little bit different than that. In fact, it has a, a nice little prefix to it that, that we, we would, we would kind of recognize as being sounding like hyper, but it's actually huper. 
The word in this scripture is we are huper nikau. We are, we are more than. The huper means hyper. It means exceedingly more than. Paul is saying you are way more than just a winner or a victor. He says you are, you are a huper nikau. You are an overcomer, a conqueror that goes way beyond just a simple thought of winning. It means to vanquish something. It means to take care of business. It means to gain a decisive victory. It means you are exceedingly a conqueror in Christ. It's not meaning you just eke by in life. I always love what we say sometimes. How you doing? Oh, I'm just getting by. Can I tell you, Christ didn't die for you just to get by. The Holy Spirit didn't come to dwell in you for you just to get by. The same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. And when it dwells in you, you are a hupernakal. You are a more than conqueror through Christ Jesus. I want to illustrate this for you. I want you to get it into your spirit today. It's, it's, it's a God-type victory that he says we should win in every circumstance we face. It's a God-type mentality that says nothing it can stand in our way from being who God created us to be. We're talking like Remember the story of, uh, of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt? Anybody remember the story there? If you're following the one-year Bible right now, which is a good thing to do is your Bible reading, today that story was our reading this morning. And it talks about how the Egyptians were going to follow the Israelites out when they released them. God hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he said, you know what? We're not going to let them go. Let's go wipe. I'd rather them die in the desert than escape. And they went after them with chariots and horses, and they were chasing them, and they were going to drive them into the Red Sea. And yet God does an amazing miracle in that moment. And he opens the Red Sea up, and as the children of Israel cross, the Egyptian army decides to follow. Now, have you seen the Ten Commandments, the old classic one? I don't know about the new one. But in that moment, God had a miracle ready for them, right? And in that moment when they thought they were about to be overwhelmed, God said to the Egyptians, see ya. And he closed, the, he closed the waters, and he had this victory over them that was so great, he said, your children's children will never forget what God did this day. Why? Because they were more than conquerors in Christ. They didn't do it. God did it, right? But they were more than conquerors. Why? Because their faith was in God. There's another man in the Old Testament who had the same kind of experience of this type of victory, and his name was Gideon. And Gideon was a man that didn't see himself as much. But yet God came to him in the book of Judges. You can read about it in Judges chapter 6. And he found Gideon threshing in a, in a, in a wine press out of the way of the enemy of the Midianites because he was afraid of them. And God said, Midian, Gideon, they should have Gideon and Midians. Gideon, mighty man of valor. What was he saying? He says, Gideon, you're more than a conqueror. You are, you are a hooper and a cow. You are more than a conqueror. He says, Gideon, you are, a, you are a mighty man of valor. And Gideon goes, who? Who are you talking to? He said, I am the least. My, my tribe is the least. My family is the least. Are you kidding me, God? And God looks at him and says, Gideon, I want you to take out the Midianites. And Gideon's like, God, they are, they, are, they are like the sand of the sea. They're camped in the valley. They will overwhelm us. And all I have, God, I can pull together, Lord, maybe, maybe about 32,000 men. God says, Gideon, that's too many. That's too many because... If, if, if you go out against them and you win the victory, you're going to think you did it, Gideon. So that's not going to happen. So he pared Gideon's army down from 32,000 men to literally 300 men. And he says, now, Gideon, you are ready to go and have victory over the Midianites. But here's the deal. I'm not even going to give you weapons of mass destruction, Gideon. I'm going to give you a torch. I'm going to give you a pitcher. And I'm going to give you a horn. And here's all I want you to do. I want you to surround that enemy. And when I tell you, I want you to have your men break that pitcher. I want you to hold up the torch. I want you to shout and blow the horn and proclaim the victory is the Lord's. And when they did that, Scripture says, the entire Midianite army 
turned on themselves and wiped themselves out. Isn't it cool when a problem you have takes care of itself? And we look at it and say, oh, that took care of it. No, God took care of it for you. That's what happens when you are more than a conqueror. You recognize that it's only through Christ you overcome. Now, now let's, let's bring this back just a, just a little bit. I'm feeling like a coach before a game here a little bit. Come on, we can do it. I'm not saying this morning that being a more than conqueror means you'll never have problems. Because how can you be a conqueror if there's nothing to conquer, right? I'm not saying at all that if you put your trust in Christ, life is just a breeze and we just kind of coast through it and, you know, say la, high five, let's sing and let's move on. No, what, what I'm saying is that no matter what we face, God has already won the victory for us, and we need to walk in that as our identity is more than a conquering Christ. John 16, says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Isn't that good news, guys? Come on, somebody say praise God this morning. You're getting a little too quiet on me out there. This is a good sermon to say amen to. It's a time you can lift your voice up because I'm preaching better than your amen, and I'm just saying just feeling it this morning. Come on. <laughs> Here's the thing. We approach life so many times with the wrong perspective. I've had people tell me, well, Pastor, I'm just an ordinary Christian. What's an ordinary Christian? Can someone tell me that? What's ordinary about being a Christian? There's no such thing as an ordinary Christian. We are spirit-filled overcomers because of what Christ did for us on the cross. In fact, in Revelation chapter 12, it's talking about the, the end-time believers that, that literally came against the forces of evil from, from the enemy of our soul, from Satan, and it says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And we have to recognize that God says, I don't just give you a position, I don't give you just a title and say, now go figure out how to walk in that. He says, no, I give you this title, now let me give you the tools to work it out. Let me give you the tools to overcome that. Romans 12, 11, they triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. Now let's break those two out for just a second, all right? If you're taking notes, the blood of the Lamb, what is that? Sounds kind of gross, doesn't it, right? We're not getting bloody, are we? We're going to talk about lamb slaughtering and, uh. The Lamb of God was Jesus, guys. He was the perfect sacrifice for our son. The word said that he was slain before the foundation of the world. God had, had, had seen forth that we needed that, that Savior in his blood. We, we recognize through the blood of Christ we have forgiveness of our sins. Every time we come to communion on Sunday, we take time and we go, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because there's no other way I could be forgiven of my sins if Christ hadn't died on the cross and his blood shed for me. And we recognize that through the, through the juice as an emblem of that. But through the power of the blood, we have more than just forgiveness. We have access. We have access to God. Scripture says we have access to the very throne room of God because of the blood that was shed for us. I don't, I don't come to God as this meek. I don't know if he's going to lightning bolt me today. I don't know if he even cares about me. I'm just going to kind of saddle up next year and hope he loves me. No, the word says we come boldly to the throne of grace because of what Christ did for us. Why? Because we are more than. We are more than conquerors in Christ. We have forgiveness. We have access. We also have power in the blood of Jesus. How many, we're going to go way back in church uh, music history. How many used to sing there's power, power, one day working power in the blood of the Lamb? Anybody here? Ooh, we got a little more church than I thought we did around here. Come on, let's break out. No, just kidding. Get half, you know, clap on the offbeat because we can't clap, you know. Just saying. Anyway, um, 
There is power in that blood. So he says the first thing you overcome with is you've got to recognize it's all him. It's all him. It comes to what he did for us. The second thing is he said you use the word of your testimony. What is that? What is the word of our testimony? Really simply, it's our story with God. It's, it's our story with God. There is a powerful tool God has placed in you, and it's your story. It's not my story. It's not, it's not your grandma's story. It's not your parents' story. It's your story. And it may be your story right now is just all I know is I was lost and now I'm saved. That's a great story, amen? It doesn't get much better than that. But as you walk with God, God builds more story in your life. And through your story, remember, identity determines destiny. Through your story, you start owning it. You start owning that more than a conqueror. There was a young man named David. He one day became the king of Israel, but early in his life, God had put his hand on David and did some kind of prophesying over David's life, what was going to happen. But David was a young man that was kind of despised by his brothers. And one day he left his sheep that he was tending to go check on his brothers who were fighting a battle. And he went out to the battle and, and he found King Saul, the mighty, the mighty king of the Israelites, and the army cowering before this giant named Goliath. And David did something that any impetuous young teenager would do. He had testosterone going. He's like, hey, I can take that, dude. Let me, let me get at him. And he said to Saul, 1 Samuel 17, he said, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant, this guy right here, is going to go and fight him. And Saul replies, and we'll interpret it today in, the, in our language. He goes, you're cute, young boy. Now go home and play with your sheep, right? You don't even know what you're talking about. And Saul says to him in verse 33, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. Here's what David's saying. He's like, Saul, you don't understand. I've got a story. God's given me a story. And because of my story, Saul, I'm not worried about that Philistine. You think he's too big to fight? I think he's too big to miss. Give me my slingshot, I'm going to take him out. He had a story. We all have stories. Sometimes you need to write down your story and call to remembrance what God has done for you. Call to remembrance what God has spoken over you. Call to remembrance what God is saying in your life. Because I'll tell you, life can have a way for us to forget our stories. We become like the disciples after the great miracles. A storm comes up, and they're like, oh, we're going to die. We're just going to die. And the whole time, they're holding, sheep, they're holding fish and bread in their hands that God just miraculously performed a miracle through Jesus Christ to provide for everybody. They had forgotten their story that quickly. And guys, we need to keep our story fresh in our mind because like Saul, finally, when he heard David's story, he said, okay, then. He said, go, and the Lord be with you. And that's what we are. We are more than conquerors. We are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb, not our own strength, and the words of our testimony. Now, I want you to listen real quick. We're going we're to dive into two, little, two more points here before we come to respond. But I want you to listen very carefully. What I'm teaching you today is not something you aspire to be, okay? It's not something that you grow into. It's not like, I'm going to be there, Pastor, you know, once I get my life together, or, 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 or once I stop this, then, then I'll be more. No, listen. 
the word says from the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, positionally, right then, you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. He's put everything you need right here. He's put a spirit in you. He's put that story in you. You see, there's giants in all of our lives. All of us have giants. And, and honestly, we see each other's giants and we go, oh, you're never going to overcome that one. Or, you know, we, 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 we don't even speak faith towards others, much less ourselves. And we've got to be careful because when we do that, what we're saying is we are denying our identity in Christ. And we deny our identity, we lose our power, we lose our effectiveness, and we get driven instead of being overcomers. You see, here's who we are. If we are Christians, if we are followers of Christ, if we put our faith in him, then the word says we are Hooper Nakao. We are, we are more than conquerors. We haven't just won. We walk in victory day by day, no matter what circumstance we're walking in. Listen, you could be walking through a disease that's just beating your life up. And you could either give in to it and say, I just, I'm just, I'm nothing, I just, oh, I just don't want to talk about it. Or you can live in this faith that says, you know what, my God is my supplier, my God is my, my provider, my God is my love, and no matter what happens, he is walking with me, and I trust him, and I rise above that. When I rise above it, I'm going to let light shine that people can see that even in the worst parts of life, God still wins victory in us. You see, it's not about becoming more than a conqueror only if you see the victory, it's walking toward it. And trusting God that no matter what you're facing, he has given you all that you need. So the first thing, and I want you to write this down. If you're going to live as that conqueror, you've got to learn to fight with a conquering mindset or a conquering attitude. You've got to get it right here, right? You've got to get it straight right here in your life. Because tragically, too many people lose the battle because of faithless, <laughs> defeated attitudes. You know why? Because they've never settled their identity. They've never seen themselves in light of the Scripture. They've never seen themselves as the in Christ people. And they say things like, well, I'm just a victim, you know. Everybody else gets the breaks. You know, I never get a break. Nothing ever goes right for me. Our marriage is always going to be pathetic. <laughs> He's always going to be a jerk. No one say amen, please. And uh, he says, well, she's always going to be an ag. There's no hope. I'm always going to be alone. Great, Valentine's Day. Yeah, Single Awareness Day. Yeah, love it. <laughs> you know, I'm always going to battle this addiction. I'm, I'm never going to be free. You know what that language is? Church, that's victim language. And can I tell you something? If you are in Christ, one thing you are not is a victim. One thing you can never lay in is victimization. Why? Because he's done everything for you to give you life and life to the full. And when you get in that victim talk, you are settling into this place where you're saying, life's just going to overrun me. But instead, you need to rise up in your identity and take the truth of God's word and apply it to you. It's not for just everybody else. It's for you. Listen, faith-filled attitudes lead to faith-filled action. It means stepping out in prayer and saying, God, I know this circumstance hurts, and I'd really rather not be in it, God. But God, I trust in you. And God, no matter what, my faith is not going to waver. No matter what, God, my witness is going to be strong. No matter what, God, people are going to hear about your love for me as I walk through this time. You see, godly beliefs lead to godly behavior because the battle's won here. It's, bad. it's won in the mind. And it says, I'm going to be one that lives above. I'm not going to be one that just is driven along. See, guys, 
Whenever those negative thoughts come, the Bible says he's given us all power and authority to overcome them. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, it'll be on the screen, says this. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Simple, simple question for you today. How many thoughts do we take captive? <laughs> Come on. How many thoughts do we take captive? All, every, right? You say, Why, that's silly. Now you're getting into psychology. No, I'm getting into the Word of God. You see, the one that designed the brain is the one that wrote the Word. The one that knows how it functions is our Creator. And he says, when those thoughts come that are negative, and I'll tell you what, every one of us faces negative thoughts. Every one of us. I, I, I can't tell you the battle sometimes I go through on Sunday mornings before I ever step up here in front of you because the enemy's just kind of like throwing all kind of junk at me going, you have nothing to say, they're not going to listen, they're not going to show up, blah, blah, blah. And you know what you do? You go, you know what, Satan? I know one thing about you. You're a liar. You're the father of all lies. And everything comes out of your mouth as a lie. So if I'm feeling that condemnation, guess what? I don't have to go there because my God says I am more than a conqueror. And I can take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And I can stand firm and say I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Why? Because that's what God said about me. You say, well, Mike, some things are impossible. I, I, love, I, love, I don't love it, but I love when I hear it because I think it's so crazy that we say these kind of things, and I love kind of messing with people's heads. But I, I love when I hear this, well, you know, Pastor, our, our situation is impossible, and, you know, I guess all we can do is pray. I'm like, what? I can just see God in heaven going, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, all you can do is pray. Man, you are up a creek without a paddle. If you're dependent on me, I mean, good luck with that, right? I'm only the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent creator of the universe that knows your life. And guess what? I have more power than you ever thought about. And if all you can do is pray, well, then good luck, right? This is ridiculous, right? The first thing we ought to do is pray because we're saying, God, you are creator. You are the one that's going to make it happen, and I'm going to put my trust in you. You see, we've got to get our minds right about this. You know, some will say, well, I don't have much faith, Pastor. The Word says if I have faith of a mustard seed. I can say to this mountain, move, and it'll be cast into the sea. It's not, it's not about building up some emotional thrust in life. It's just saying, I trust God. And if I trust God, I either mean it or I don't. And I apply it in every situation or I don't. And as believers, we've got to be one that grab hold of that and say, you know what? I'm going to take every thought captive. I'm going to grab hold of every thought that's not consistent with God's word, and I'm going to make it obedient to Christ. And no matter what people say about me, no matter, no matter what people think about me, no matter what anybody did to me, I'm going to live as a conqueror more than a conqueror. Why? Because of Christ Jesus. So the first thing is you have to have this, this mindset, this attitude of a conqueror. The second is this. As an, as an overcomer, You've got to recognize the weapons God has given us to fight with are not weapons of this world. They are supernatural weapons. You see, we're not limited to just logic. We're not limited to philosophy. We're not limited to education. We're not limited to, to physicality. We're not limited in any way in Christ because the weapons that God has given us to overcome with are not weapons of this world. Check it out, 2 Corinthians 10. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war, war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. See, our weapons, they, they, they are filled with the power of God. 
They have divine power to demolish strongholds. What's a stronghold? A stronghold is any thought pattern in your life, any behavior pattern that it just seems like the enemy all has to do is just touch it and you, and you, you knee jerk into negative reactions, right? You know, just someone says something about your weight and boy, you're just talk, talk back in there and your, your steam goes down. Someone says something about your marriage and you're just immediately jerked to that. That's a stronghold. God says, I've given power for you to demolish the strongholds, but recognize where this power is, 2 Corinthians 4. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Wow. So what's the treasure? It's, the treasure's Christ. Where, where is that treasure? It's in jars of clay, right? And what, what's a jar of clay? It's this body. We, we learned last week that we are the clay and he's the potter. He's shaping us into his masterpiece. And what the scripture is telling us is this. If ever we think that we have the power within ourselves, this is not a Tony Robbins talk, all right? If you ever think that you just have to think nice thoughts that you're going to be, get, get through, you're wrong. But if you get the truth of God's word in you, then this jar of clay, which is so fragile, this jar of clay, which can be so easily broken, now has the all-surpassing power of God dwelling inside of it. And when those thoughts come that lead you down the wrong path, you take hold of them by the truth you know from God's word, and you press into God and recognize that through him you'll overcome. Listen to the rest of this verse. He says, we are pressed on every side. We're not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. We can be struck down, but we are not destroyed. Why? Because we have this treasure living in us. Because of that, we are more than. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. I want want to wrap this up this way. I believe when when you listen to the word like this, when you read this particular part of the scripture, I think it's very easy for all of us, if we will just take a moment, to sit back and say, I, I know, I, I know where the attack usually comes in my life. Or I know the problem that seems to overwhelm me. Or I know the negativity that I've allowed to get into my spirit, and I, 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 I see it. But the difference in being an overcomer and the difference in recognizing what we need to overcome is faith. It's simply faith. And it's taking that and it's putting it in God's hand. And it's saying to God, God, people have said this This marriage is over, but we declare today it's not over through Jesus' name because for what you've put together, let no man tear apart. That's the scripture. It's it's looking at overcoming an addiction and and saying, God, I know people have said that I'll never be free. I'll always be uh, identified by that addiction. But, Lord, your word says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's deliverance. I don't have to be identified by that. I've been set free. God, I know when my emotions get the best of me and they rise up and, and, I, and I battle that, that depression or that anger or whatever it may be, God, that, Lord, you did not create me as a one-trick pony, God. I'm not just one thing. God, I am body, soul, and spirit. And, God, you said when the spirit of the Lord dwells in me, my spirit rises up and it commands my body and my mind how to work. And I take authority over those thoughts and I come in alignment with you. You see, when you take hold of it you can overcome you can overcome the betrayal that led to brokenness you can you can overcome the failure that led to the end of a ministry or a job or a family or whatever it may be you can overcome that that dead in place of life where you're saying i don't see any future here you can overcome why by the blood of the lamb and the word of his testimony i want you to get this 
I want you to get this in your spirit. If there, if there is a message that God gives me to preach, and there's a message God gives me to get into people's lives, it's this. I shared with you last week, and we're going to close up. I shared with you last week, I, I am the prototypical church boy. Can I get a witness of that, right? My mom was the church piano player. My dad was the deacon of the church. I married the preacher's daughter. You can't get much more churchy than that, right? Name a hymn, I can sing it, right? We can do that. Saved at 16, baptized twice because my father-in-law thought I needed it. And uh, go after God. Going into my 40s, I hit a wall. And I failed miserably. And my world almost came apart. And i tell you why. Because the only identity I'd ever received from church and from what I heard, I, I, they were teaching, I just wasn't listening. The only identity I have was I was a sinner that was saved. Whew, thank God, no hell, right? But can I tell you, it wasn't enough to stand in the face of that failure and say, I am more than a conqueror in Christ. And a good friend of mine began to speak into me identity. That I, I yeah, yeah, I know that, but I never accepted it. And I tell you, when I got that into me, not only did God give that healing in my spirit and allow me to go forward in that, in that failure, but now one of the greatest things he does in my ministry, I get to minister to so many others around our, our land that are walking in those failures. And I spend time with young pastors. I spend time with planners and, and leaders and business. Why? Because we're all going to hit the wall. We all do in this life. But when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. When you know who you are, your identity will lead to your destiny. This morning, I want to challenge you. No matter where you're at, no matter where you are in this journey, where are you in Christ? Where are you in Christ? Would you just bow your heads with me for a moment? We're going to pray. We're going to sing a song today that it's a sermon and a song, and it's, it's awesome. But the purpose of singing the song, the purpose of this moment with our heads bowed is that we were really Ask God, God, what are you saying to me right now? It's, it's an old preacher cliche to say, somebody needed to hear that today. But I, I believe somebody's needed to hear this today. I've been anticipating this moment for weeks. While, while your head's bowed this morning, I'm going to pray over you in just a moment. Just ask God that right now. God, what are you saying to me? What are you, not, not what are you saying to my wife, what are you saying to my kids, what are you saying to my neighbor, what are you saying to me? Because I promise you this, God loves you enough that he'll take his Holy Spirit and his Holy Spirit just has this wonderful ability to put his finger right on the main thing that may be keeping you from living as a conqueror, more than conqueror in Christ. It may be the fears of what if? What if I step out? What if I step out in faith? What if? It may be the Shame of past. You've always felt less than. It may be just that, that, that old lie of the enemy that says, this is the way you're made. It's never going to change. You're always going to be like this. Just get used to it. Whatever it may be that God's speaking to your heart right now, 
I'm going to invite you just to give that to him. In fact, I'm going to ask you just to take your hands and just as if you were handing something off when I pray. And I just want you to take it and I want you to give it to God. If you, if you want to speak it verbally, if you're, if you're not quite there yet, if you just want to just hear God, I give it to you, you know. But I, I think it's more powerful when you verbalize it. Remember, you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Whatever it is, I just want you to give it to God right now. Father, God, I thank you for your people. And I thank you, God, that, Lord, you have something amazing to say to each one of us, God. Father, I take my hands just as a symbolic sign, God, to you, and I, I offer to you, God, the areas of my life, oh, God, that, Father, may be holding me back from being the conqueror you've created me to be, Father. And God, I pray that for each one of us, God, no matter what it is, we don't hold it out there, God, in fear, but we hold it out there boldly saying, God, you said in your word, God, that, Lord, you make all things new. God, you said in your word, God, that I am a, I'm a hooper and a cow. God, I'm more than a conqueror, Father. God, you said I can take thoughts captive, God. You can said I have, I have weapons that are not of this world that demolish strongholds. And God, do that in my life today, God, because I give it to you. And Father, I ask you, God, as we enter this time of praise, as we enter this time of worship, as we enter this time of response, God, you help us to act on whatever you want us to do about it today, God. Give us the boldness, God. Give us the strength, God, to act on whatever you want us to do today. God, I pray this in Christ's name. As we stand together this morning, I'm going to invite you to respond to, to God in these closing moments of our, of our service together. And as we do this morning, I want you to, normally we just say, hey, listen to this music, let it kind of get into you, and then step out. I'd like you to listen intently and sing boldly this song. Then when you feel the time is right, then I'm going to invite you to do something. I asked David William to come and be ready to my right and Scott and Kathy to my left because some of you today need someone just to pray with you and say, you know what, we're going to overcome today. We're going to break through. These men and women are warriors in prayer and they're going to help you. But I'm going to invite all of us in a, in a moment when we've gotten this into our spirit to take steps of faith. For some, a step of faith may be going to the cross and saying, God, I'm so tired of dealing with this in my life. I'm nailing it to the cross today, God. I'm no longer going to be there. God, I'm more than a conqueror. For others, it may be coming to this communion and just saying, God, I'm going to celebrate like I've never celebrated before, God, because I am more than anything that anyone has ever said about me, God. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. For others, that, that step of faith may be for the first time trusting God and giving your tithe and offering and trusting God and saying, God, I'm not going to be bound with this poverty mentality because I give to a generous God who is gracious to me. Whatever that step may be, I need you need to take it this morning. And the most important step is this. If you've never asked Christ to be your Lord and Savior, take that intimate moment with Him this morning. Just talk to Him. It's not about joining the church. It's not about coming from a certain family or memorizing 20 scriptures. It's just simply coming by faith and saying, I know I need a Savior. And I believe that Christ is Him. And I want to make him Lord of my life. When you interact with him, I tell you what, he's going to change your life. So, Father, help us. God, help us to respond. Let the words of this song, God, just take this sermon and elevate it, God. And Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.